This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. have been bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mess in Progress with myself, Gina Brion, and my lovely co-host, Catherine G. Mendoza. I really tried to force the uh, energy on that one. Yeah, the G. Uh, yeah, I really tried. I yeah. really tried it. It's the <laughs> the cups of coffee that I just had several several and, and the exhaustion i am so i'm so tired like literally i audibly so i took the train in this morning ugh, like with the peasants and hey. <laughs> only because i only say that because the train station at my stop has been closed down for like almost a year well king te mando to live in queens uh well uh apparently my husband so uh you want to <laughs> fight him or something girl because uh we picked that place i'm just and saying. it was close to my brother okay um there's just like a ton of construction so like when i had to, i have to walk to a different train so i was already upset and then you know how the trains are packed in the morning yeah like i hour. literally i audibly went ugh i hate you people <laughs> like while i was on the train today i just couldn't help it i was like ugh i hate all of you you miserable people why didn't you get up earlier so i can have a just a clean car with nobody in it did you you said you audibly did. yeah i was like ugh. was it loud I hate you people. Enough yeah to, i had oh. headphones on so i didn't care oh my god <laughs> yeah. but that's so funny because now you're that person in someone's life oh yeah yeah that's yeah. like oh this rude girl just they said also, I hate and they probably thought you were crazy oh yeah i'm guaranteed which is good because then nobody talks to you here's a life but, hack but act you, crazy and no one will bother you here's the thing you're crazy yet you're happy <laughs> I know. <laughs> Her hat says your. Yes. And it's definitely an ode to what? Yeah, to uh, grammar Nazis. Yes. Who, people who correct <laughs> your grammar all the time, which I hate, but I fell in love with this hat because it has a little asterisk. It has yeah. a little, and the your with the apostrophe R-E, obviously. And uh, I love this hat because I so many people, I see this, my favorite thing is when it happens to people online that yeah. like will say, like they'll leave a hateful comment and then someone will correct their grammar oh, right yeah. under it and it just annoys the crap out of them. Oh, yeah. That's the only time I am pro-grammar Nazis. Oh my God. Like it's, what's funny is that um, on Instagram, if somebody puts it on their stories, I find it annoying that then they correct themselves by putting the exact same post again, like on their stories, yeah, yeah. but then they cross it out, you know, and they have to pay, they have to let people know. Oh my God, I actually know. I know, grammar. But I get it. You know why? Because somebody's going to message them. Yeah. I've had people message me about spelling errors in my, uh, or like grammar errors in my Instagram post and in my Facebook post. And I always, I mean, hard roll my eyes. Like there's like a roll of the eyes and then there's a hard roll of the eyes where like my eyes might not return to their (laughs) natural state. That's how hard I've just rolled my eyes at Uh you. So I get it. I get why people do that correction thing just so that people don't annoy them. Yeah. In their DMs or make comments, especially since my friends are all comics. Yeah. So they're all already douchey. Like, <laughs> I love you all, but you're all kind of douches. And they always have an opportunity to make a joke. Oh, yeah. So whenever somebody would do it for grammar, I'd be like, oh, I wish I could just. Can I just delete you from existence mm-hmm. for just a little bit? Yep. That's but, why I love that. Um, Like my signature for my email says, like, please excuse grammar errors if it's from my phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think mine says sent from right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I like to creep people out right. when I send turn stuff from my <laughs> I just I love that I can leave that as I love the weird sign off messages. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Look um, behind you. Yeah, when I was like I think in my early twenties I had like some type of like quote. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It was that some phase? sort of deep meaning quote that you do here in twenty. Oh my like, god! And I think nobody about- can make you feel inferior without <laughs> your consent. That was my favorite <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt quote for the longest time, and that was like it's so self-serving in your twenties. Yeah. To just put up quotes that are like, "I'm such a deep person. Yeah. Look at how deep I am with my quotes." Especially and- the first year after you know undergrad. Yeah. Because you feel like you just know everything. Oh in yeah, the world. you take one philosophy class and you're like. <laughs> 
I have solved all of the world's problems. I have officially fixed the world. I'm a genius and you're all morons. Like everybody in their 20s thinks they know every answer to everything because you simplify it all. Yeah. You don't think things are as complex as they actually are. Yeah. You go, why doesn't everybody just do this? You yeah. go, oh, great. Yeah. And life has not hit you. No, it hasn't. Yeah. And you think all of your all of your ideas are original <laughs> that nobody ever thought of them before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. We all we've all went through that phase. So if you're in your 20s and you're listening to this right now, <laughs> I you, don't mean to hurt your feelings, but you don't know shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, homie, hurt your feelings. You'll agree with us in about 10 years. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'm realizing, too, now, like, as I get older, I, I did this the other day. Like, so my wardrobe has completely changed. I've become lazy with my wardrobe in a lot of ways because I took a page out of the Steve Jobs book. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to have to think about my wardrobe. Yeah. So it's been tights and a shirt and a hat. That's it. That's been my wardrobe. I have had too much work to concentrate on. I only have a certain amount of brain capacity. I'm not wasting it on trying to put together some fly outfit. Mm -hmm. But in my 20s, when my older girlfriends would tell me there's going to come a time when you're not going to care about looking cute or looking nice, I was like, never. Where? Why? <laughs> yeah. How? You don't know me. Exactly. Like that. That's I'm not you. like you. Yeah. You lazy. Yeah. And now you, you gave up. And now you're like, you're right. Now I'm like, no, I get it. Your priorities change and yeah. you go, I'm not worried about looking cute for y'all anymore. First of yeah. all, I'm married. Cuteness, out the window. The only person <laughs> I'm trying to be cute for is my husband. And that happens in moments. It doesn't happen because of makeup. Like one time I was sitting across from him just like with my hands under my chin, just kind of resting. And he goes, you're so cute. And Aww. I was like, <laughs> I know, right? But you have those moments mm -hmm. instead of the moments where you're like, oh, my hair looks perfect. My yeah. outfit is popping. Oh, I look really <laughs> cute. And then you walk around like with that. Oh, I look cute yeah. vibe. And as you get older, I think what's sexier about older women, too, mm -hmm. is the fact that they let that go. Yeah. Is the fact that it's just like, yeah, I know I'm sexy, but we, I also want to wear sweatpants right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, um, something that I, because I literally want to throw out everything in my closet. Me too. And just Same. start over. Same. Like I want, I, I'm going to create a budget to have somebody come in, but I don't want them to build me outfits. I want them to get me pieces. So even if it's the simplicity of what you're talking yeah. about, um, a and what I've noticed, a really nice jacket, mm -hmm. some really nice shoes and accessories can make any outfit work so i could i could wear a uniform of black pants black shirt every yeah. single day but change those things change the accessories and it change the shoes and it looks yeah and as long as your shoes um like and, and if it's sneakers a statement color yeah you know what i mean like i just um got these and it's the first pair of um actual leather shoes that i bought mm. they were in, like the fake ones from payless yeah did you get some fancy spray to take care of them yes i did yeah because i didn't get the spray i'm sorry sorry babe <laughs> my husband kept telling me to get the spray for these I know, shoes for... he bought me and now and the I book bag and the book bag yeah. and both have been wrecked because i'm like i'm gonna get it and then i never, <laughs> never get it. it i never remember to get it i'm always like i'm just gonna walk in the rain with my leather stuff hopefully it won't get ruined <laughs> oh my uh, god well, you see that's the thing like i bought these um, this is because, why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't. But I feel like for me, this isn't really about anybody else. This is just the statement thing. Yeah. Where I'm like, I I just do want to buy like five pairs of black pants and Girl, whatever it simplifies shirts. everything mm -hmm. to just be like, let me just grab these tights. Let me throw on mm -hmm. this shirt and just walk out the door. Like, yeah. I don't want to think about or overthink an outfit to, yeah. to the point where it's like now when I have to get dressed up for something, I'm like, I know. Yeah, I mean, I do, you know, low key, I have this, I want to be um, that kind of like high fashion kind of girl. I'm, I don't put it out there. Yeah. But in my head, you know how like some people be like, I wish I was a singer, but they can't oh, sing. Oh no, my wardrobe in my to head be... is tight. Like oh my, my God. wardrobe in my head is amazing. Yes, I, I want to be that girl. The effort that yeah. it takes that's not that's just not who I am girl I feel it and so for me I'm finding the balance of like how do I look presentable yeah but then at the same time not have to spend too much time on well, it well for me it's more like how do I feel confident yeah and comfortable, comfortable. at the same time and because cute. yeah com confident comfortable and cute it's like yeah. You throw on a hat because I don't feel like doing my roots. Y'all, yeah. my roots is terrible right now. No, I seriously, like, I'm vieja city, right? In my, in my top of my head is all salt and pepper. Like, But gross. you also have, and this is something, you have the crown. I do. I don't have cute grays that just kind of, yeah. you know, those, like, that look a, like highlights. The feathered, the yeah. peppered gray. No, yeah. it's all around my face. It's like yeah. framing my vieja face and yeah. going, oldness is coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is coming. <laughs> what is that from Game of Thrones? Winter is coming. Viejas <laughs> coming. <laughs> like, that's how bad it's just a crown of oldness. And I'm yeah. like, no. See, I'm lucky. Um, knock on wood. 
Yeah. Um, I have it on, um, like in the center. You know, yeah. like the baby center. That's where my grays are coming in. So I actually can get away with it. Yeah. Because it's all about the part. No, I can't. Like no, you yeah. see, my my joint looks horrible right yeah. now. Like I I bought this thing right. You know, you buy those spray things to cover up your grays. Oh my. <laughs> this joint my that man. I bought. Let me just my explain. Man. The one that I recently bought is legit like spray paint. <laughs> like when I shake it, you could hear the clink 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 clink. clink. <laughs> So okay, I have a story. I have a story. Oh, I have a story. I have a story. So there was this one. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry, sir. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> there was this dude that I was dating once. And um, he was, like, mildly balding, but, like, here and there. But he had long hair. So it was, like, patchy balding. And like, it, I actually think it was falling out, right? It wasn't just balding. It was, like, falling out. And it's noticeable when your hair is long. So I suggested he buy the spray. That is hilarious. Hold on. He does it. He was so happy. And, and he told me he got caught in the rain. No. And his hair <laughs> melted off his head. Oh. Oh, he looked like one of those sad girls doing a walk of shame when her makeup's running down her face. I except it was his there, hair. But I, he was like, this is the worst thing ever. But then he found this other product that like it, even in the rain, he, he the way he sold it to me, he was like, you go in a pool, you can take a shower. It doesn't come right, off. Calm down, hair club for men. I get it. I get what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Stop being so enthusiastic that, about your spray. I think it was the embarrassment that a 30-something-year-old man is in the rain. With his hair melting down his face. It looked face. like, you know, a mascara. Yo, I would have been like, ay, santo. I would have seen that. I would have been like, um, that man got the devil in him. I am out. I am out. Oh, that man, man is clearly possessed. He has black gushing from his head just just this gushing nasty because by the way that stuff is it's not like it's like thin like water like when it when it comes that it is like thick yeah when it gets wet it starts to like drip off it's gross it feels like like sludge see that happened to me once because for some reason i went through a phase in i think early high school where and this was a thing um people like you you spray painted your hair colors yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. I also was to the extent that I bought the same color mascara and I was, oh, this. I can't even, I can't even, I was blonde for a whole year of my life, so I can't even. Oh, I've seen. I've, um, I I was obsessed with the navy color, like the navy color, the hair, all that. And I also, you know, no, I don't think I got caught in the rain. I think it was like um, a pompa. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think, the fire hydrant. Yeah, but something and just got... hit me, and then I started like I look like I have blue, but that's not as bad because clearly my hair is not blue. Clearly yeah. my eyelashes are not blue, so yeah. it's She's not, not as bad. Avatar, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Avatar's not part Avatar. It's not as bad as his because his, like you out here in the streets with these people who thinking, no, do you have a full head of hair? And, hair? and then God is like, nope. Stop lying. God is like, stop <laughs> your lying. <laughs> The reign of truth has begun. <laughs> Speaking of reign of truth, I had a realization this morning. What did you realize? Whilst, whilst, it's what, whilst at breakfast, that's a very grown up word. Ooh. Whilst at breakfast, um, waiting for Catherine, uh, <laughs> I ordered a very complicated breakfast order. This is my thing. Like, I'll go into a diner and I always feel like there's no rules at a diner. Yeah. So I'm like, I can pretty much get whatever I want, right? If I give y'all all the ingredients you already have. You're like, so, so I wanted three poached eggs oh that's right girl i was i was hungry hungry <laughs> i was hungry hungry gina i was like <laughs> i would like three poached eggs i would like home fries and then i would like some sauteed vegetables okay i could see that right doesn't seem like a complicated order to me it didn't i was like okay maybe the vegetables right because they didn't really have a plate and i and the waitress was like okay well i don't know if they can do the vegetables but i'll ask in the kitchen and i was so fake understanding like i was like yeah no no problem but then when she came back and was like yeah so they can't do the vegetables i was like really <laughs> like you saw it in my face i was like really is that too much to ask like i acted like i was gonna be fine with it and yeah. then when she told me they couldn't i immediately started to throw a tantrum like <laughs> i was so fake understanding about it i was like yeah no no that's cool yeah if they can no problem right and then the second she came back because i'm thinking in my head there's no way they can't just saute vegetables <laughs> like i just 
I just made up a narrative in my head. And meanwhile, the, the kitchen was probably like, yeah, we're not sautéing vegetables at this time. Oh, what is it, lunchtime? I'm going to sauté vegetables at this it's time. so funny. And I'm like, um, so if I were to go to like a Denny's now, <laughs> I could get the Fit Fair skillet, which is my favorite. And they would not have a problem sautéing vegetables in that skillet. That's so, I mean, I think it's funny that do you, you put the fake nice in at you know up top. Oh, yeah. But I think it's because it's like, even if they can't, the fake nice is just in case somebody wants to do you a favor. Yeah. Like, she was so nice about it. Could you please? Like, I think that's what I'm hoping right. she goes back right. and tells the kitchen. She was really so nice about it. So, like, if you guys could please just saute some vegetables. Yeah. Because I was that waitress. Yeah. I was that waitress. I would be like, hey, guys, can you please? She's, like, such a nice lady. Can you just, like, see what you can work out? And this yeah. is why many of the chefs hated me. Of course they did. <laughs> because I would make these special requests. There was a chef I worked with years ago. He's from Panama. And he was the most unfriendly person everybody told me like oh well, he's so unfriendly like and i would come in every day and i would bring him a caramel latte because that's the one he liked and i'd be like i went to starbucks and i got everybody coffee i really am such a dork and wow. so i bought him a caramel latte and then he liked me i could get away with anything with this dude wow just from being nice to him because everybody was like had written him off as such a jerk that they were like oh he's the worst and i was like he just needs love <laughs> that was back when i was much more understanding <laughs> i actually legitimately hate people that, that are was and angry in now. the 20s yeah that was in the 20s <laughs> when i still had hope and, and light <laughs> yeah and, and happiness <laughs> when i still had happiness in me somebody <laughs> help me <laughs> Yeah, that fake nice thing, though, that's definitely, I think that comes that's, from my waitressing history where I'm like, just be nice to the waitress and mm -hmm. act like you're cool if you can't get what you want. Because you know that the people that that act like that made a big deal, made a stink, those are the people you hated. Yeah. And I mean, see, I'm not, I don't do the fake nice, but it's more so because I don't like the bother. I don't like the bother on their end. I don't like the bother on my end. So once they go, I'm not really sure. I'm not, I'm not usually the one who goes, um, yeah, can you check? I find something else. No, no. I'm like, uh, Un can you check? <laughs> unless it's necessary. So like my shellfish allergy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I when I'm like, that. no, you can check. You cannot kill this hoe. Right. Yeah. But in that sense, or like um, if I can tell that they're new and they don't necessarily know the menu, you know, and they need that yeah. moment back. Those are moments where I'll do it. But it's more... It, and it's not really about them or the kitchen. It's me just being like, it's so much energy. Just pick something else. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then plus half the time, I just want my food. So I'm like, now no, this I'm girl got to go over there. I'm super picky. I'm super picky. I go into a restaurant knowing exactly what I want. <laughs> like 90% <laughs> of times, I know exactly what I want. And so whenever, I, but do you know what? It's this diner, too. It's a diner not too far from here. Yeah. Every time I go to this diner, I always ask myself, why do I come here? I know. Because I'm like, the staff, they're not intentionally rude. They're no. just so Eastern European. Like, yes. they're just so, they're so, it's such a cultural thing where yeah. they're just like, yo, eat and get out. Yeah. Like, it's not even a, in like a we don't like you type way. It's like we're trying to make as much money as possible. And right. if you sit in here for hours, that's not going to happen. Right. Like if they don't have a million tables and the only people who go there are above 50. Yeah. So right. and then that's true. This, by the way, me and Catherine were talking about this earlier. This neighborhood's terrible. Uh, well, I I don't think it's terrible. It's awful. Are, no, it is awful. But that's because we're not in the community yet. So oh, at, I don't even want to be in this community. Once we're at after a certain age and then a certain early hundreds is what she's talking about. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the know, general age of the, this community. The here. Early hundreds. And then also a certain income bracket. I just feel like they they understand each other. We're the outsiders. It's so gross, though. Like, it's so like it you see how the people in this neighborhood just react to anybody that doesn't look like they belong in this neighborhood. Yeah. And you just, you almost want to make it worse. It's <laughs> like, I, that's when I want to sit into the stereotype and just be everything they hate just in that moment because it's so fun to watch them just squirm and be like, oh, there's a hostile Hispanic in the room. <laughs> the hostile. The hostile Hispanic. See, for me, I'm like, I love observing them. Like so much. So. I love judging but, them. But some of them, they're so just, what? There was one time that we were at a Starbucks. <sighs> You child and you remember this and i was i was having men troubles man troubles and um gina and i were talking about it and gina gina's giving me advice i want to say you were sick i was incredibly sick yes and my voice you hear my voice now no. this is regular gina voice yes i already have a deep voice this is gina after a couple of hours of being awake yeah imagine me sick 
and exhausted and giving advice. Yeah. I straight up, I just sound like a man. Like yeah. there's no way around it. I sound like a dude. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> but I don't, I still feel like you kind of still have, you know, a little bit of a pitch that is like, okay, she's not a man. Yeah. But that's the one time, that's one of the times, because there's the other time at Marshall's, where this guy, Gina goes to the bathroom, and this guy who's sitting next to us turns around and gives me advice thinking that you were a dude. Yeah. He like, thought that Catherine was sitting there with a guy and that a guy was giving uh, Catherine advice. Yeah. So, like, I, it's like, and what, what to me bothered me was that he waited until you left. Of course, yeah. And th that says something about this neighborhood, like, and about these type of people. I mean, they're awful. They're just the only way to say it is they're awful. They're entitled. Yeah. They're yeah. just they're just terrible humans <laughs> who've made a lot of money and have congregated in this area of Manhattan. And you go to, it's just cringeworthy. This is the Upper West Side, though. Yeah, guys. the Upper West Side. Worst neighborhood ever. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I know I, like, this is your dream. Love Na this I hate this neighborhood for everything it is. I hate the wealth in this neighborhood. Uh, I hate the lack of good food in this neighborhood. But the, the high ceiling apartment. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. I can't get over the crappiness of the people. Mm -hmm. I just can't. Like, I'm just like you got. You're just trash. And yeah. anybody I've met in this neighborhood that's cool is somebody that's new to this neighborhood. Yeah. They, they haven't gotten there. They yet. haven't gotten but in with the people yet. Because my dream neighborhood is the Lower East Side. Like, oh. I love, I love the East Village so much. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's artistic. It's, it's got these cool little mom and pop coffee shops. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, Thompson Square Park is a hot mess. Don't go there. There's a lot of homeless people. But yeah, yeah like, like a ton. Like you think I'm joking, but it's like literally no. overrun with homeless people. It's and it gets creepy. It just gets creepy. It's homeless square park. Yeah, it is. It's homeless square park if you go there. And some of them are cool. And some of them are just people that unfortunately mentally they're not all there. So, you yeah. know, there's just a lot of craziness. We used to have a guy. I worked at Cafe Pick Me Up on Avenue A and 9th. Shout out to the cafe that's not there anymore. And we used to have a guy that would come around to our tables during the summer and harass all the people that sat outside. <laughs> like just yell at them and just... And I'm, I, we would just be like, we can't get rid of him. <laughs> like we would try, like we would try all the time. We'd be like, look, he's gonna come back. Like this is this Thursday. This, this is, is what he job. does. This is what he does with his Thursdays from one to three. He just comes and yells at you people. <laughs> he doesn't want money. He doesn't want food. He, he just, just wants to yell. Yeah, he just wants to punish you for being there in That's that space. So funny. Yeah, it was like we we tried to kick him out like every week, and I, I would never go. I, that was the only time I'd be like, I'm a girl. I'm not going to fight with him. And I would make the guys go, and I would make them. Fight like i would man up to a dude in a bar like like i just be like all right we want to go but like for this homeless dude i was like um somebody protect me yeah it's i think it's probably because he's making a habit of yelling at yeah people. like he ain't scared of nobody no, he, he is not he will push the you. only person he was afraid of and this is why this is why my boss the the owner of that cafe his name was clemente he's a sicilian guy was one of the most intimidating men i'd ever met in my life he was also one of the kindest sweetest people you'll ever meet mm. when he wanted to be but when he wanted to intimidate you, man, that was the only person this homeless guy was afraid of. Soon as Clemente went outside, this dude would scatter. Like he would just run. Cause he knew he was like, and, and he was a big he, dude. He could be in the middle of a rat. He'd be like, I hate all you. No, not Clemente. <laughs> no, not Clemente, I'm out of here. Cause he was not, Clemente was not afraid of any of those people. Excellent. Like he would just, any any crazy person that, cause we had a lot of crazy people in the LES. Like, you know, you're in the Lower East Side, there's a lot of craziness going on there, yeah. especially back in the day. And he had been there for a couple years. So like, he just wasn't afraid of anything. Dude, the day after, was it? When 9-11 happened, the day after and when 9-11 happened, he was in his cafe by himself, working the cafe by himself. Cause oh, none of his employees could make it. Like I rushed in the day after to help him, and I'm like washing dishes, and we're help we're giving like um coffees and stuff to people that were the workers that were going down there wow. to help out. Like he was probably one. Of, I mean, you talk about a work ethic. I was like, hot damn! I've never seen anybody who just never closed. He was yeah. open on Christmas, Christmas Eve, New Year's, New Year's Eve, like all of it. Let and me ask you a question. Now that we're on the topic, Jay's nine eleven. Yeah. What were you doing that day? I remember exactly what I was doing. I was supposed to be going to work. I mean, of course you do. I was supposed to be going to work, and I had woken up early and was getting ready. I was going to go to Lori's side early. I was going to hang out, blah, blah, blah. And then um, my girlfriend at the time, Adriana, called me mm -hmm. when I was in college. And she called me, and she said, turn on the news. 
Mm. And I was like, wait, what's going on? She said, turn on the news. Something's happening. So I turn on the news. I see the first tower, right? Wow. How old are you? Um, that is an excellent question. <laughs> it's 2001. Yeah. I'm like, I was an excellent question. I'm not doing math. So <laughs> <laughs> I was some age. Um, I was some age. Don't ask me to do math this early in you the morning, please. You know how I do math? I go 10 years from the year I was born, and then I add after that. It's hilarious, but that's also the same way that I'll do math. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's so I'm, much easier. I was born in 88, so yeah. 1998, I was 10, and then everything after that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the easiest way to do it. Like, whenever somebody's like, how old were you? I'm like, don't. You're going to make me take out a calculator right now. Like, that's what you're going to force me to do. Don't ask me to do math right now. My brain does not function. First of all, it's entirely too early. I'm appalled by that question, Catherine. <laughs> how dare you? Well, I, I was 13. You were 13? I was 13. Oh 2001. God. Yeah, you was thirteen. Yeah, I was. I was in school. But finish your story. Oh my God, you was you was a baby. I mean, not a baby. I remember you it. Was a baby. But baby. I was I was young. I was young. I was a preteen. Yeah. How much? Wait. How much younger are you than me? What What age are you now? I'm thirty one. You're thirty one. Oh. Yeah, we're we're in the same year. We're ten years. We're in the same. Wait, but, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm I'm in the elder millennials. You are. Oh, yeah. that's the name of a. I know. Ugh. Yeah, but it's a thing. I'm gonna just. It is, it I'm going to delete that comment that I was about to say. Like, you know how you self-edit where you're like, ah, don't say that, Gina. It's only going to no. cause you problems. I'm no, like, let yeah. me just pull that out. Um, I was at home and then like this, we're talking. I'm talking with Adriana over the phone and she's like, I don't know if this is a terrorist attack. I don't know what's going on. And then the second plane hits and both yeah. of us just go silent. Yeah, that, it was terrifying. And I was at home. I was with my dad and my mom hadn't gotten home yet. So nobody knew where my mom was. And oh. at the time, my mom was a bus driver. She drove uh, yellow school buses, so did both my parents. But did. in the Bronx, where? In the Bronx, all throughout New York, technically. Oh. So, like, I didn't know where she was. And so, finally, like, probably an hour after me and my dad are trying to reach my mom, we're trying to get to her, but, like, all the phone lines are busy. Everything was just kind of going berserk. Okay. Finally, my mom walks into the house, and I just throw my arms around her, and I start bawling. And she starts crying. Mm-hmm. And she was her. She was using her bus to take people from Manhattan back to where wherever they needed to go or something wow, like that. So Mom she was, Dukes. yeah. Mom Dukes was really coming through in the clutch, and she was, uh, she was basically escorting people from from what I remember from what she was telling me. I just remember being so frazzled and being like, "Where were you? Like, why were you not here? I need all of the people I love to be here right now." <laughs> I don't know why. I know your mom's not like this, but I, I, I want to imagine her like, yeah, like sitting in her seat, yeah. but going, "Get on the bus," yeah. <laughs> and then just like aggressively, like in a very started. Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> yes. get to the chopper, like she's just this little. <laughs> Puerto Rican woman like get to the bus <laughs> she's like opening the bus doors and just diving out and grabbing people like no my mom wasn't doing that yes. I don't think and so and then she I see her driving like in the movie Speed yeah. you remember yeah. <laughs> that's how I always picture my mom driving because one my mom is a statuesque five feet so she's like the tiniest thing so I, I picture any car wheel is too big for her so I picture I see the big her. wheel yeah. I'm just, yes. just with the hands on the sides yes <laughs> she's like using her whole body it's to two, turn it it's 2001 that's yeah. how they still made wheels yeah. wheels were still very big then <laughs> there were no sleek wheels no. Like that. <laughs> i don't see your mom with one hand yeah you like know, just like kind of cruising no. with the bus. <laughs> she's like yo hop on yeah oh, hop on yo it's 9 11 she was like it's all the bus. rap music she's pulling up on people <laughs> <laughs> with snoop yeah with that, snoop playing in the background damn well for me like um so yeah i was 13 yeah Oh and I was God, in school. I can't believe you were—you was the baby, baby. I was. I was in the seventh grade, and it was morning because it was nine a.m. Yeah, and so yeah. we were in homeroom. I guess you can call it because that's what it is. Um, do you remember? I—I I think I don't know if this is just a public school well, thing. Damn, if you were thirteen, I must have been close to my early twenties then. Yeah, like if you were thirteen, because I think our age difference is like seven, eight. Yeah, about um, seven, eight years. So I, we were in in homeroom. We were just like you know shooting the shit. Yeah. In the back because seventh grade. So in junior high school, you think you're an upperclassman. Of course. Yeah. Right. Well, because like, <laughs> you are. <laughs> and you're also at that age where you're like, everything's about looking cute and boys and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, so the the phone rings. You mm -hmm. remember the phone boxes mm -hmm. in the classrooms? The phone rings. And you know that 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 never rang. Yeah. Unless somebody's in trouble. That's like the red phone you see in movies. Like yes. when it rings, you'll be like, oh. yeah, everybody's like, oh. What happened? Yeah. So then the phone rings and um my 
the the I guess whoever was attending this class goes um wait the World Trade Center and now Oof. here's the thing I went to a public school in New York in in Brooklyn and you know there's always one kid who's dumb as hell mm -hmm. who goes what's the World Trade Center now here's why because you got to think about little kids in New York City we call them the Twin Towers yeah yeah we right? didn't call them World we didn't Trade. call them the World Trade Center that's something that actually after that you never not knew that yeah 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 but prior to that Twin <laughs> I Towers not. I love the double negative <laughs> you like, never not knew that you never not knew that man <laughs> that was so New York <laughs> You never not knew that after that moment. You had you, noted it you forever. Knew that for <laughs> <laughs> you had noted it forever. I just did a why are you You were like, uh, correction. <laughs> <laughs> correction. <laughs> so the phone rings and of course that kid says, What's the Twin Towers? And I knew clearly what, what the World Trade Center was, sorry. Because my sister, um, my paternal sister worked in building two. Oh, right. Here's the thing. She didn't go to work that day at all. Like she worked on one of the lower levels either yeah, yeah. way. But she didn't, and that's why I knew. So when they said that, all the lady said on the phone was World Trade Center plane. And then she was like, wait, I don't understand. And of course, you have 13 year old kids. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to do? I, I grew up in Williamsburg. So our building faced Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. So we all run to the window. Of course. Because that's what you do. Yeah. We run to the window and it's me and my friend Joshua. And we're all like, yo, what the hell? Like, what's what's happening? You can see the smoke because yep. the first one already hit. The yep. second one had not hit. Now, mind you, when people think about how quickly it all happened, mm -hmm. in real time, it didn't feel quick, but yeah. it felt quick. Yeah. You know? Um, I remember that. I remember... Uh, uh, being told to get away from the windows like everybody was told if you if you approached a window you were going to get expelled what yeah that's crazy and so then they still proceeded to have us go through our classes which my first period class was computer class this oh. is you see that's the thing i'm young but yeah. i'm still old enough that we had computer class let me just yahoo this real quick because you know it was yahoo <laughs> back then before google took on we would yeah. yahoo every day yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We all remember the, the jingle. Yahoo! That was the flyest joy ever Yo, when it first came out. Like, they even um, brought down the curtains on everything. Yeah, of course. And then they decided, like, it was a bomb shelter that after the first period, they put us all in the in the basement, like in the um, gym. Yeah. And that's where we had to stay. And kids, like, parents were picking kids up. But, of course... My mother did not pick me up because this is my mother's logic. When I asked her later, I was like, mommy, I could have died. She was like, and who's coming for a school in Brooklyn? That's <laughs> hilarious. Your mom was straight up like, y'all don't matter. I got it. I, I mean, te va a buscar? Yo sabía que tú estaba allí. Tú iba a llegar a la casa. Yeah. I was like, yo, I was so mad because everybody was leaving. I was like, yo, I can't wait for my turn. I can't wait for my turn. It was like me and some other kid. And I was like, yo, we not loved. Your mom yo. played we, you, son. We not loved. We got, I think we got out early. Like earlier, yeah. But still, and then I went home, and my sister, and I'm sorry, sorry for saying out this business. My sister did not go to like she always cut. She did not go to high school. But the, again, the way one sister didn't go to work, yeah. This is the one day this girl wanted to be studious and go went to school, and she went to um, it's called Fashion Industries in 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 Manhattan. Yes. So she had to go into Manhattan. So we didn't know where she was. Um, luckily, she didn't actually make it yeah. anywhere into the city, but it was it, it's very interesting to think back about like the as a New Yorker, yeah. where we were. And since I grew up in Williamsburg, um, I remember seeing the people coming from the bridge with like ashes and all of that. Yeah, it was a, it. It sounds weird. I'm not going to say that I, I, I experienced it traumatically. Because personally, I'm grateful that I wasn't, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. affected in my family or anything, but it is a memory that I feel like is unique to anybody who was living here at, that, York, time. Yeah, at that time. And it's so funny. I once had, I met somebody who moved in 2001 yeah. and we had this whole conversation about how, like, even if you were here, like you moved to New York and you were here for a month after that event, you were a New Yorker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that defined New Yorker status 
for whoever had just moved here. Yeah, like say what you will about New York. First of all, I'm biased. I love the city. I've always loved the city. Say what you will about New York. But when that happened, like when I say we banded together, like you oh. don't even understand just watching it on the news. You had to be in New York yeah. to really feel how much we stuck together. Yeah. It didn't matter what race you were. It did not matter. Everything went out the window. We were yeah. all New Yorkers. Yeah. And we were all trying to, and you know what, like, and a lot of my friends from like foreign countries, they were so understanding, like understand that they go through this stuff all the time. Right, right. But they understood that for us, this isn't normal life. Right. So it was a shock to our system as a country. As a country. And then also as in the, in this specific city. Yeah. In this specific city, because New York, and when you mess with New York, son, the whole of New York will jump you. Yeah. (laughs) Like the whole of New York was ready to fight. Yeah. It was it was an incredibly bonding and, and bringing together Which moment. is unfortunate, but... Yeah, it's unfortunate know. that it happened through that tragedy. Yeah. But there, what, what we turned into, what we turned this tragic moment into was this beautiful uh, like chance to bond and take care of each other mm-hmm. and learn how to appreciate each other more. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then of course, no, it's not like we're that way. <laughs> like it didn't no. stick. Like no. that's just, it, it didn't stick. But we, it's, it, you know, time. Yeah. It's it's so weird how far we are from it. Yeah. And how I, I the weirdest is when I think of like the day I have a conversation with somebody who doesn't remember it and learned it in yep. a textbook. Yeah. That's going to be so interesting because, you know, like that's it's been that long. Yeah. And to them, that's just it's like I, I always like to say it's like what Pearl Harbor is to me. Exactly. I was just about to say the same thing. It's like there are people that that went through Pearl Harbor and then had to talk to people that had never even heard of it, that didn't even know all the details, but read about it or saw a movie about it, a terrible movie. Saw the Ben Affleck. (laughs) A terrible Ben Affleck movie about it. Hey, that that airplane hanker scene with Josh Harnett and what was her, Kate Beckinsale, I was really young. I was like, wow. You know what? Josh Hartnett came into the cafe one time. What? A young Josh? A young Josh Hartnett. Like the faculty? Like the faculty. Okay, that, that's, see, that's my Josh Hart. That's Harden. the poppy. He, is he a came in, right? And I was working with this girl, and legit, like, no disrespect, she looked like one of the Rugrat kids. Done. Like, she, <laughs> she had big old gums, tiny old teeth. Like, it was scary. And, like, she was smiling. I'd be like, oh, girl, you're not doing yourself any favors. Like, just, ooh, <laughs> see a dentist. It was bad. And she, I mean, and she was like, she was cool. She was real cool. But she was, um, I don't know how to say it. Like, she was a super needy of attention. Like, she, she constantly needed people to, like pay attention to her right. constantly. She needed validation every for everything. Right. So Josh Hartnett comes in. Yeah. And I see celebrities and I don't freak out. I don't know what it is, but I don't like. I was just like, oh cool, it's Josh Hartnett. All right, cool. I was like, you want coffee? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, can I get? I don't know what he ordered, like maybe a cappuccino. I assume some Hollywood famous thing. Mm-hmm. But he was like super nice and super sweet. So I go to get. She goes to make his coffee, right? Because mm-hmm. she cannot wait to give him this coffee. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, rock it out. I was like, I'm just gonna ring him up then and then leave him alone Mm -hmm. like most famous people just they they know you recognize them Mm -hmm. so they just they just like don't make a big deal don't make a scene yeah and so like i was like all right bring him up she goes to give him his coffee she goes oh my god do you remember that we bumped into each other Mm -hmm. at a club a couple of nights ago and of course him being the nice guy that he was he was like oh yeah it's so nice to see you again i'm like oh he's lying you know (laughs) i'm like there's no way he remembered you know how many people famous people meet yeah like, I guarantee you, right. unless there's some, like, you're a reoccurring fan that they see all the time. Yeah. There's a 90% chance they have no idea who you are. Yeah. Like, no idea whatsoever. So, like, she was just like, oh, my God. And you were, like, so nice to me in the club. And I could just see, like, he was like, he's so pained and doesn't want to be in this conversation. And she's just, but he's such a nice dude. Like, he was so sweet to her. He was so patient. Aww. And then finally, like, he goes to sit down and I just kind of pulled her aside. And I was like, Yo, you can't do that. I was like, if, if people come in here, there's a lot of celebrities that come in here. I was like, just let them be. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't, don't monopolize their time. Don't, you know, like, just let, give them their coffee. If you want to tell them you're a fan, fine. Like, Bill Murray came in one time. And this was the cutest thing. I used to work with this guy, Wael, from Egypt. Shout out to Wael, one of my favorite people. He was, uh, he came to the States for, um, because he was uh, for religious, uh, what do you call it? Forgetting the word, he in his country, yes, yeah. he was. It was religious persecution because he was Christian in Egypt, oh, and that was not flying. So he came over here, and we had many talks about that. But he was a huge, he's a huge Bill Murray fan. Mm. So Bill Murray comes in with his like his five grandkids, 
right? <laughs> yeah, like mad grandkids. And he's like the sweetest dude in the world, right? He goes, he sits down with his grandkids and like Wiles like freaking out. He goes, that's Bill Murray. That's Bill Murray. I'm like, I'm aware. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you go talk to him? He's a nice guy. Like why I was like so nervous and fangirling out. So he went up to him and, you know, told him he was a fan. I think he signed like a postcard for him or something. It was Aww. really sweet. It was really nice. But like so many famous people are in New York mm-hmm. that it's almost like I can't bring myself to overreact when I see one. Mm-hmm. Even if it's somebody I love. Yeah. Like I've seen, what was it? I saw Babyface one time in the streets. Baby I saw face? Maya when she was like at the height when of her was, fame. Yeah. Um, I saw one of the Ghostbusters <laughs> and the original, the original Ghostbuster. I can't remember his name. One of the, um, the original Ghostbusters. I'm blanking on his name now, but I've seen like so Come many glasses. Philip Seymour Hoffman. I see him all the time. Um, comics, Stephen Wright, Stephen Colbert. Like we've seen you know, all these people. I don't, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. I've lived here my entire life. I don't see any famous people, but this is me noticing that I'm not looking at people. Yeah. I'm not, I'm constantly just doing what I need to do. And when I do see famous people, I don't know why, but because I'm so aware that they don't want attention, I almost don't even want them to think I recognize them. Yeah. I know that sounds weird. And if it's just in my head, I'm like, if I treat you like I don't recognize you, I'm almost giving you an, a normal experience. Like if I was serving. You know what I hate? Speaking of celebrities. Oh. You know what I hate? I've had a couple of comic friends that have really blown up, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what I extremely dislike. Like, if we've known each other for years, like, yeah. and we came up together. Yeah, on some regular people on stuff. On some regular people stuff, right? And, like, let's say I need life advice, not career advice, not help. Yeah. I'm coming to you as somebody who I know has been through an experience. And this happened to me a few times. Mm. And this is why there are certain people that I just write off. If you never get back to me and we used to roll together, mm. I'm like, oh, okay. I see how it is now. Like you Hollywood now. Yeah. Okay. So you don't know nobody now. Like yep. we used to be in the clubs together, right. but now you don't know nobody. <laughs> That's the only time when... I feel like that's disrespectful because it's not like I'm some crazy fan. Like we legit used to sit, talk about comedy, chill. We were in the grind together. Right. But now you don't. And it's happened. I can specifically remember. Like I know two people that has happened with wow. that. The sec- And it only takes one time of you doing that for me to write you off. Yeah. Because now like, I know okay. who you are. Like, well, yep. and here's the thing. People get busy. I get that. Yes. But even then, like, let's just say, and I've done this. I'm guilty of, and I'm not talking about with close people, but with other people, I'm guilty of seeing a message, never responding back. Yes. And people who I once was close with. And then I feel bad. But there is a part of me that will always remember, oh, damn it, I never wrote back. Yep. And then there's just a time period where, like a limit where I can't write back. Because now it's like, yeah. what the hell? So, oh, it's been six months? But, I should have said something. Exactly. But um, if I see them, I will acknowledge that I didn't write back. Like, yo, I'm so messed up. My bad. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I'm honoring that connection we had before enough to like let you know. And that's respectable. I feel yeah. like if you if somebody apologizes like that, yeah. but that's rare. From no, the people yeah. I'm talking about, that's rare. These are people that probably don't even run their social media anymore. Mm. But it's like if somebody, let's say I got a message from someone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not the only person on my social media. I have a social media guy. I have my manager. Like, people can get into my social media and read my messages. If somebody were to tell me, so-and-so hit you up, I don't know if you want to handle this situation, but this person sent you a personal message. Oh, yeah. And then you're still like, oh, well, no, nah, I don't want to. Like, that's messed up. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how somebody can be okay with themselves. When there's somebody that knows you. This isn't like a stranger. There's a person that knows you. Like, this is why I respect people like, I'm trying to think of my friends that have kind of blown up. Like Dulce, Dulce Sloan, who's on, she's on um, uh, Daily Show, The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Funny, hilarious, sweet, down-to-earth person that blew up and is still the same sweet person from when I first met her. Like, I appreciate those people so much mm-hmm. that don't get consumed by ego. Right. And it becomes like, oh, you're not on my level. So, yeah. oh, and that's another thing. <laughs> on my level. On my level. And what level is that, pray tell? Right, right. I mean, because people get famous for different reasons. Yeah. Not and- everybody gets famous because they're super talented. Let's just, let's just stop that myth right there. Right. 
a lot of people get super famous because of who they know, because of the time that they are doing whatever they're doing in. Like there, before, there was an age of social media like there is now. Mm-hmm. Nobody was getting famous from Vine. Nobody's getting famous from Instagram. Yeah. People were getting famous different ways, but with that new, with the different technological advances yeah. and all the stuff in social media, people are getting famous in different ways. There's opportunities, so, exactly, yeah. to do different things. Yeah. So it's like we we can't sit here and be like, oh, it's just phenomenal talent and hard work. Sometimes it's somebody understanding how this new way of getting famous works mm-hmm. and being like, okay, well, I know how to manipulate this system now. Right. And that's in its own. That's a but skill in itself. That's your talent. Yes. Not that. That's, not anything else. Yeah. That is your talent. That's your talent. That you yeah. know how to manipulate the system. And some to people work have talent and then also know that. Yes. Those yeah. are the people that usually have more longevity. I right. Feel. Because they're the ones who then can do things offline. Yes. Yes. And still, and because they've they've honed their own. This was just their foot in the door. Yeah. But they've honed their own skills and talents. Before. Oh yeah. I just had a vent moment. <laughs> Sorry, I just vent. I just I hate people sometimes. Speaking of um, some people. should we get into dear gina i feel like we should get into dear gina this is like so are we doing a twofer we're doing a twofer because they're kind of both they are interconnected okay dear gina how do i get over my partner's annoying habits and the second part of this is how do i explain i need me time without hurting his feelings Mm. wow um dang annoying habits i feel like that happens in every relationship like i'm trying to think of even past relationships like my husband already knows what annoys me mm-hmm. that he does um because we're very one of the good things is that like i feel like in this particular relationship like me and my husband i i feel more vocal about what bothers me like i'm like can you just not do that please mm-hmm. i think that makes it easier if you can't if you can't even tell somebody about mm-hmm. their annoying habits mm-hmm. like i have plenty of annoying habits i'm sure it drives my husband in Insane. Like I never unpack a bag. <laughs> like I'll come back from being on the road and my bag will stay packed until I need it again. And then I'll unpack it. Like it's the most, it used to annoy my brother, annoys a lot of people. I can also be incredibly disorganized. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like, if you go through my dresser drawer, it's like a, just a hot mess yeah. of every single article of clothing I have. Like there's no organization to my drawers. I'm like, hey, this is my underwear drawer. I'm like, this is my underwear drawer. And also it has some tools in it <laughs> and it might have some paperwork in it. Like it just has everything in it. And I don't think a lot of people are like that. So I know there are certain things, but he can also tell me those things. And I think it's about telling somebody gently too. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to attack somebody because then they'll automatically get defensive. But if you're like, could you just... Could you just please not do that? Mm-hmm. Or just explaining your frustration, too. I remember one of the first dish, dishes fights that I had with my husband mm-hmm. about just dishes being in the sink, where I was, like, angrily scrubbing these dishes, and I was pissed off because they'd been in the sink for, like, three days. And anybody who, like, willfully ignores something that needs to be done, mm-hmm. that gets under my skin. I see that. When it's like you're just purposely acting like you don't see it because to you it's trivial and you don't want to take care of it right now, mm-hmm. but it's driving me up the wall. And I'm scrubbing the dishes and we're having this, you know, argument. I want to say soft argument because mm-hmm. it wasn't like we were yelling at each other. But he was frustrated that I was frustrated. And I explained to him, I don't want to be this woman. Mm. I don't want to be the woman that nags her husband mm. about dishes. But you are making me this woman. Mm. Because when I tell you what I don't like and you purposefully ignore it after I've told you a dozen times what gets under my skin mm-hmm. and you still did it. And then you sit there and you're shocked when I'm upset and frustrated. Yeah. That makes I'm like, sense. you're making me the person I don't want to be. Well, I, I feel like, um, you know, I guess I, I haven't been in a relationship for a little bit, and, but I have like seen people, um, <laughs> you know, I just, I just I've been seeing people. Yeah. Like, I, you know. Thanks. I've experienced others. Yeah, people. I've had people around. Yes. Um, I think that one thing is being clear for me. One thing is being clear um, outside of each other. So I don't like poking. That's an annoying habit. And I once was with somebody who would like you know oh, to get your attention. Tap you. Po- that's, yeah, that the, is annoying. Poking you like oh hey 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 hey. I will kind of throw those in from the beginning. Yeah yeah. So the fact that um you didn't establish that 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 could easily be why it's bothering you um another thing is just you have to for me i explain things i explain why something bothers me so um there's someone that i had been seeing that does um 
that with their like when they with their speech they constantly are like and i hate when people talk like that i don't know why it just bothers me and i can't change who you are but inside i'm like i even if i told this person <clears throat> i don't like that i feel like it's rude of me to ask them to be mindful of that because that is just something that's natural to them so i then have to get over it you know what i mean yeah. like or accept that that's a part of them that's so funny because I also hate when people like are like loud chewers. Oh, when somebody just can't. It's like close your, your mouth. Yes. Yeah. yeah, close but, it. But for instance, when it's something like um, like the dishes or yeah. or or just like yourself, um, I <laughs> I had I'll, I'll I'll point one out for me. Just yeah. like what you said, I'm the same way with my drawers. Like mm -hmm. I have a bad habit of not wanting to fold or if I fold, it's like a sloppy fold. It's not a proper fold Yeah. because I feel that folding is taking up time that I don't want to take. So I like hanging everything up, but you know, you need drawers. And um, when in my last relationship, I had um, bought this like Ikea kind of drawer set. And Catherine it's, loves Ikea. I, I she mean, really does. I And I swear to God. I so unorganized that the bottom started coming out. And my ex-boyfriend used to be so mad at me because he had the kind of drawers that like were so beautifully organized, yeah. you know? And he folded everything. Like he used to work in retail, I guess, like when he was in his 20s. Ugh. And so he was that guy. But like I noticed I got on his nerves so much with me doing that that there was a few times I would walk into my room and he would be folding my clothes. And then he would be like, but you're gonna ruin your drawers. And I guess he took it upon himself not to only let me know it annoyed him, but then was like, I'm not changing her. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to help her. My brother was like that because I would leave stuff, my, like my drawers would not close all the way because I would stuff them mm -hmm. and I wouldn't fold anything. So stuff would be sticking out and it annoyed him so much. Yeah, same. And he would just, like come by and angrily slam my door <laughs> shut <laughs> or he'd be like he'd just like look at my shelf and then look at me and then look at my shelf and then look at me and i'd be like all right i'll take care of it oh um, well, yeah so how do you get over it um you rationalize what first off figure out what yours is to them yeah and understand how they're getting through that yeah you know what i mean because i feel like when i look at somebody and i go damn but they deal with this with me that's usually what I'm saying to myself, unless the habit is like hurting you. If it's hurting yeah. you, it's a whole different other story. It's hard it's when you can't help but react to it. Like sometimes like I have to, I, exactly. Like Ugh. I can't, if I can't help but react to it, it's like a thing that I have to let them know. Like yeah. you're gonna see my face automatically get 10 times stanker yeah. if you do this. Yeah. And it's like, I just wanna give you a fair warning, which is why I'm so baffled that when you tell people this, and they don't listen. Yeah. I'm like, why are you surprised by the problem that you just created? Right. Like or I that, told you yeah. I don't like this. You've been you've been you've been told about it. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I I hate to use this word, but it's mindfulness and mindfulness. It really is. Across it's the board. mindfulness. Like yeah. I think I'm also I mean, we briefly I'll talk about this so we can get to the second part of the question, but we talked about this over breakfast, me and Catherine. While I was having my ninth piece of toast or whatever it was that I was eating. Oh, God, I'm so stuffed. Um, and we were talking about people that like people that call themselves selfless. Oh, God. <clears throat> First of all, here's my feelings on this. Most people that identify and go, I'm such a selfless person. No, you're not. That's the same as being like, I'm super humble. <laughs> like when somebody's like, I'm super humble. Oh, are you? I think that's yeah. the thing that everybody else gets to decide. Not yeah. You. Plus, like saying it or like, I'm a really good person. Like, mm -hmm. um, I don't think you should be saying that if you're a really good person. Like, why are you advertising it? I'm like a super good person. OK, good for you. Like, I don't know why you feel the need right. to put that out there and pat yourself on the back. Like truly selfless people don't even realize they're being selfless. Yeah. Unless you're saying it sarcastically. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say to people, I'll be like, I'm like the nicest person, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that. Yeah, I, I'm joking, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta know somebody's joking when they yeah. say it. But like, I used to, I knew a guy like years ago who used to always be like, "I'm like super humble," and it would always, it would kill me. It would kill me those those self proclamations yeah, of like, "I'm a great person." Like, it, just you saying that makes me think like you're totally not a great person. Right. Just yeah. you claiming selflessness makes me think you're not a selfless. You're most likely a selfish person who does not realize they're selfish. Yeah. And you have to constantly state that you're selfless 
when it's like, are you really selfless? Because selfless people do things all the time and don't acknowledge it. Right. And don't expect anything back. Right. They're, they might be aware of it, but they're not constantly needing the praise and attention for it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that the only times I've accepted when somebody has said like, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a selfless person. It's about how you say things. Right. So it's like, I mean, I think I'm pretty humble. You see that yeah. the way I just said it, it's me. It, it's almost me wanting to reassure myself. Yeah. Because I'm probably going to give a statement where somebody might have said I wasn't. Yeah. But it's not because I'm like, I need you to know. Yeah. I'm a humble person. Yeah. No. I like, think no, I do my best to yeah. maintain humility in some way. Right. Um, but anyway, the second part of this question, because I don't want to go off on the rails. I feel like we could for hours. But um, how do I explain I need me time without hurting his feelings? Um, you can't. Uh, <laughs> telling somebody that you need your own time is going to hurt their feelings, especially if that person is needier than you. Mm. It's just going to happen. You have to find ways to make them understand. And also, some of these people that you know you may have in your life need to be coached into what me time means for them, too. Mm. Like, I need me time for me, but you should also take some me time for you. And whatever that is, I mean, that could be anything from, like, going to movies or playing golf or just like with me sometimes i need me time and i'll go and i'll i will go to a private karaoke place i will get a private room and i'll chill by myself yeah. i don't care how nerdy it is I, it's my time it is for me i don't want anybody else around it's just for me to blow off steam and that's that's for me so i think you have to learn how to communicate to your partner um how important me time is for the both of you because you both need a break. Anybody you spend 24 hours with, that is, mm. it's going to end up uh, in an argument in some way. Mm -hmm. Even if they're the greatest person you know, at some point spending a 24-hour period with somebody uninterrupted is going to result in someone getting frustrated. Yeah. No, yeah. I I mean, I, I guess you can say when I look at it, honestly, I probably am the more of the needier type, like in a relationship. Yeah. So I would be the partner here. Um. The way that I would want it said is just straightforward. But, you know, with love. Yeah. Just, you know, like, hey, I, I, with, with my last relationship, we didn't live together. So I think I'm going to spend time at home. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll see you tomorrow or I'll see you blah, blah, blah. I think for me it was more about the thoughtfulness of the next time we'll see each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? One, I remember when I was, uh, I was dating this comic and um, we were very honest with each other. In, in terms of like like when he wasn't he would literally tell me like i am not a good person to hang around with today he's like i mm. i need to be by myself and i was always respectful of that i didn't over ask any questions i didn't press the most i would ask is like are you okay do you, do you need me to do anything mm -hmm. and usually it was like no i'm good but thank you and then i would leave him alone because it's like i get it but like certain people like don't understand like hey i just i can't be around anybody right now mm -hmm. and it becomes this like well why like did i do something did, did i say something is our relationship crumbling like what? and it's like no 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 no. i'm just good grief i just need some mental space from anyone right it's not directed at you it's just anyone in life and solitude is an important thing mm -hmm. uh the I'm telling you that Ryan Holiday book, you got to read it. The uh, stillness is the key. Like there's so many gems in there. Mm -hmm. And one of the gems is taking the time to have solitude for yourself, which not enough people do. If you spend time thinking mm -hmm. just by yourself, just thinking, take a walk, chill in a park, whatever. Take that time by yourself to collect your thoughts. It makes life so much more tolerable and it makes most people so much more tolerable. Mm -hmm. Or if you're like myself and you're an overthinker, take time to not think. Yeah. Take, Take time, time to, to just do something. Be. Yeah. yeah. Learning how to be. But in regards to the question, um, also creating a habit, like Gina said about karaoke. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it would benefit you if the habit you create it, they don't like doing because then it's like, yeah. I'm going to go do this and I know you don't like it, but I still do it. So, bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. But if it is, and you know, some people are like, but I'll still come with you. But like, okay, can I just like show up and just sit there? And you're like, oh. Like, oh i know that you want to be sweet right now but i really just don't want anybody there honestly i think that honesty is key yeah. um communicate learning how you are communicating with people and like this person and being you know aware of their feelings and how they react to things they're your partner you know this stuff yeah but don't don't shy away from like um what you're saying just because you're afraid of their feelings like i'm, I'm gonna be honest i don't think their feelings are your responsibility yeah. in terms of like how they take it. 
if you know that your intention and how you delivered it mm-hmm. was good. Because at the end of the day, I could say it the nicest way. I could just be like, hey, I just need You can't my control meat. how somebody's going to take it. I yeah. cannot. And if that is how you want to take it, I'm not in the business of you guilting me when I'm just asking for something for me. That's yeah. okay. That should be okay. That's the same way that, I don't know, sharing food. Sometimes a girl's just hungry. Yeah. So I'll buy you your own food. Yo, I don't mind sharing my... food, but let me get the first bite, son. Right. It's just, it's the idea of... Um, in, <laughs> let me get the first bite before you dig into my plate. But in relationships, we have this ownership idea and this like everything is mine is yours. Yeah, that's very true. But that's the problem sometimes because everything that's mine is yours doesn't mean that I still don't have the option to like. Well, what happens too is common courtesy goes out the window. Right. When you say what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine, like I don't have to ask you for anything now. It is assumed that it's okay. And it's yeah. like, no, bro, you still have to show me courtesy. I am a person. Yeah. Respect the fact that I'm a separate person from you and I may not want you touching my stuff. Right. And that's why I'm communicating yeah. what it is I need. So making sure you you do that. And if they react negatively, then that's say, a them problem. That's a them problem. And yeah. in, in many ways, um, I think both of these have that in common. Communicating. Yeah. And whatever happens after that, you need to It's out of your control. Yeah. And Just fe- deal with it. Well, we have to wrap up. I hope we've, I mean, we've had some really interesting discussions here. It's been all over the place. Guys, we were a little all over the place, but it was fun. (laughs) Um, You guys know uh, where you find me, but we'll go into that in a second. Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you. Uh, Instagram, it is at Catherine G. Mendoza. I'm not spelling it out. And on Twitter, (laughs) it is at Kathy Grace 24. That's that. (laughs) You want me to spell it? Uh, No, it's fine. Just kill my joy. Uh, you guys know you can find me on the gram at G Brion. The website is ginabrion.net or .com because of ballin'. Uh, you guys can check out my HBO special, Easily Offended, up on all HBO platforms. And there are other projects coming up, so keep up with me. I always like to end the podcast with a piece of advice my mom gives me to this day. When life throws a lot at you, handle it one catastrophe at a time, people. Until next time, deuces! Don't stay, put your body so baby. You the kind of chick to get to work twice daily. Looking real sweet with the bite like Bailey's. Hands on deck, I'm swimming it like Navy. Yeah, do it like that. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Looks damn good, but really she type bad. Go to sleep, I call him a night cat. Born killer, you a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.